Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. At 91 years young, Sylvia Anthony has no plans to sit idle on the couch. In 1987, she founded Sylvia's Haven, a Boston-area shelter for women and children, and it remains her magnificent obsession. Today on Connections, Sylvia shares her remarkable story of tragedy and triumph, how she reconnected with her soulmate, and the message from God that prompted her philanthropy in her new book, Till the End of Time. We're joined today by Sylvia Anthony, and she's truly a golden girl at 91 years young. She remains steadfastly involved with her passion project, which is Sylvia's Haven, a Boston area shelter for homeless women and children that she launched in 1987. Your childhood wasn't exactly a nurturing one. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. I was born in the city of Boston inside a house in October 5th, 1929. I was not at a hospital. I was delivered at home. And my parents were very, very young. When I was conceived, my father was 18 years old and my mother was 19. And they did, they were not married. But the parents, when they found out, had them get married. So it was a shotgun wedding. They got married August 30th. I was born October 5th. But they they just did not want me. I was an unwanted child. But God was good. He gave me love and grandparents who took care of me for the first five years of my life, loving uncles loving cousins, and I had more than enough love as I grew up. Sylvia, that's so great to hear. Like you say, your parents didn't want you, but yet you say God was still good to you. God, throughout the book, the God, the miracles God made were nothing but miraculous. You had plenty of miracles throughout your life, um, including you were in an abusive marriage, and from that marriage, though, you did receive some some beautiful children. And then you went on to be remarried. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well, uh, I got married at 18 and a half years old because I was not happy at home. I always felt this friction. And I wanted to get out and I was determined that I was gonna get out. In fact, I voluntarily went to work after school at night. I mean, after school at 13 years of age, I was making 35 cents an hour. That was the minimum wage then. Wow. And I, at that age, I worked for about two years and it took me two years to make $50, to save $50. Which and I bought myself what was called a Remington Remit portable typewriter. It came with directions on how to type, how to learn to type, and I taught myself before the school ever did. From there, I went to work uh, at and in offices part time, all the time, um, making out insurance policies or whatever. Before I even got to get typing at school. Uh, so that by the time I was 18 years old, I graduated high school at 17 years old. 
by the time I was 18 years old, I was going steady with a, 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 a local fellow. And he had been in the service in World War II and, and the uh, World War II was ended. And he seemed like a very nice man. I went with him for a year and a half. And I, I thought, you know, that this was going to be it. We got married. I got married with a beautiful uh, uh, gown. You can see it here in my book. Oh, wow. Yes, that's a beautiful gown. And a half years old. So I got married. And the day after I got married, I noticed his attitude changed completely. So I said, I didn't say anything. I figured, well, he was tired, the excitement of a big wedding and whatnot. And I just let it go at that. A week later, he's still doing the same thing. So finally, I went up to him and I said, Eddie, why are you treating me like this? You never did that before. He says, well, now you're married to me. Now you're stuck to me. I was Catholic at the time. I should have had an annulment within a week. But grandma says you have one man for life. And grandma brought me up and I loved her dearly and I didn't want to hurt her. So I stayed married for 12 and a half years until grandma went home with the Lord. Then I figured I cannot do this anymore. I had three beautiful children, which I was very grateful for, but I, I finally had a divorce. My second child though, and that's the first miracle, no, two miracles. When I was pregnant with my first child, I vomited continuously. They put me on six meals a day and six meals I vomited. I finally carried myself into the hospital. I went on my own accord. My husband at that time was working with my father. I went to there, the, my father was a surety parent. And I went there to tell him I was going to the hospital. Do you think either one of them would say, we'll take you? No. I got there on my own. And when the nurse took my pulse, it was 30 over 40. She thought the, uh, the pulse machine was broken. Finally, they realized that there was nothing wrong with the machine. It was me. And they put me upstairs right away into the hospital. The priest come and he said, I want to hear your confession or do you want your confession and it frightened me and i says to him why do i need it father and he just looked at me says he walked away he said we'll see what happened i was that close to death and he took me out of it god has always done it then my second boy was born three weeks early and he got yellow jaundice and he was in the hospital for a month and they gave him back to me because they thought he was going to die. And he got through. My grandmother came to see me and she looked at me and she said in Italian, I look vive. In other words, his eyes look alive. And he was. And he came through. And my whole life is full of all of these miracles showing that God was with me every single step of the way, even until I had my shelter for homeless women and children. And now I've had, I've helped 1,100 women and children in 33 years. How did you manage to keep your faith so strong? And where did this faith come from? Because it's just, you've been through a lot. 
you know, that's something that's very easy because I always, from the day I was born, I believe I knew there was a God. I would go to church. My mother didn't go to church. She didn't tell me to go to church. I'd go to church on my own. And there was one time in 1936, there was a huge hurricane and they had, uh, they had ministers coming over. They had missionaries coming over to talk after school and at night in the evening to the people. They stayed for a week. So one day after school, the day of the hurricane, I was, oh, let me see. I must have been, if it was 1936, I was seven years old. I went in that hurricane. I went. I walked from my house to the church, was which was a good six or seven blocks away. In the wind, the wind was so strong it was practically carrying me away. So for protection, I would walk along the side of the tall buildings with my arms hugging the 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 building so that I wouldn't be carried away. And my mother saw me go out. She didn't even ask me where I was going. But that night, what did she do? She told my father, she said, you know, Sylvia went out in this hurricane to church. And he looked at me and, what are you, crazy? But do you think she would have said, don't go? No. So I always, always, always felt that God was with me. What amazes me is that you're... 91 years old and you're still to this day helping women out there who are going through situations similar to what you went through that again is God when I when it came to the shelter I I was 57 years old when I started it I was already married for the second time and I kept saying to my husband my kids were grown because I had I got, had them when I was a kid. But by 41, 40, 39 years old, my daughter was already married, the first child. The youngest was 16 years old. So now, I, because of the divorce and because I had to bring the children up myself, I felt a void because now my kids are grown. And yes, I had to work, but I also took care of them. Now I didn't have to take care of my kids anymore. And that's when God put it in my heart to have a shelter. And your second husband was super supportive of that as well. What's that? Your second husband was very, very supportive of that. He was very supportive. He never said, what are you, crazy? Like I think most husbands would have said. And uh, in fact, when, when he died... Uh, before he died, he had a cancer of uh, uh, colon cancer for two and a half, three years, three years. And uh, when he was uh, terminally ill, pronounced terminally ill, uh, he saw he was watching all these TV evangelists on the on the TV set. And he saw Jerry Falwell, and I was in the kitchen washing breakfast dishes, and he said, Sylvia, come here, come here, come here. And I went, and Jerry Falwell was saying that two million babies are being aborted each year, and that he had a shelter for homeless pregnant girls, so they wouldn't abort their babies. And he says, I put it by this time, he was up in age, and I think he wanted other people to do the same thing. He said, I put together a save a baby syllabus and I will give it to anybody free of charge. It's a manual to tell you how to run a shelter. 
He said, I'll give you a free of charge if you want it. And I said to my husband, that's what I want. And sick as he was, he started networking among the pro-life groups and whatnot. He got a Christian lawyer to do my articles of incorporation, incorporated me with the state of Massachusetts and started my nonprofit status. So by the time my husband died, this was incorporated on January 25th, 1987. My husband died March 30, 1987. And the two last sentences he said before he died was, go get the girls and don't worry, I'll always take care of you. I think he has. We've had such an inspiring and an eye-opening conversation today with Sylvia Anthony, the founder of Sylvia's Haven, a Boston-area shelter for homeless women and children that launched in 1987. Sylvia herself endured a difficult childhood that included an abusive father, a disinterested mother, and then she married young and remained in an abusive marriage until a divorce that left her alone to support her three children. But she persevered through all of that, remarried, and then started up Sylvia's Haven. She has so much more to share with us that we're going to continue this conversation. Join us again tomorrow for part two with Sylvia Anthony.